Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. We try to come against God what you are doing in this place in Jesus' name. Now, God, I thank you that we all have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we get started, there's a uh, spirit of oppression that's in the room. And this spirit of oppression, it comes to oppress and it comes to hinder and it comes to harass. So sometimes we have areas in our lives, it's like a weakness that we may have and the enemy began to oppress us with that weakness and no matter which way we turn it's coming in and it's hindering us and it's oppressing us so we want to get that out the room on tonight because I know when I was over there in worship and I had my eyes closed it was a darkness that had come past me and that's when the Lord let me know a spirit of oppression so we want to take care of that spirit in here tonight amen So whoever it is that's going through, that's being oppressed, no matter what areas that you're going through in, know that there is nothing too hard for God. There's nothing that God cannot do that he hasn't already done. And you don't have to be oppressed because the word of God says that Jesus went around doing good. And Jesus had the power of the Holy Ghost upon him. And he was healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. So I take authority right now in the name of Jesus over that spirit of oppression. And I command it to go right now in Jesus' name. You go in Jesus' name. God, we thank you and we praise you, Father God, for the power of the Holy Ghost being loosed in this room on tonight. We honor you, we glorify you, we magnify your name in Jesus' name. We always have to stay open for what's going on around us. And the only way you can stay open is to keep your mind focused. Because sometimes we can have things around us and we don't even know those things are around us, but we know we're going through certain things and we're wondering, why, why am I feeling this way? Why am I going through this? Why, why is this happening to me? It could be that spirit of oppression that has been assigned to you to oppress you. When something oppress you, it's like squeezing. It's like just keep coming and coming and coming and coming and won't let loose. So be aware of that spirit of oppression. Amen. Tonight I want to continue the teaching that I taught on last um, Tuesday, and I want to go more into detail um, on what I went over. First, I talked about sin. 
And dealing with sin, it means to miss the mark. When you um, are aiming at something, you trying to hit the bullseye. And when you aim at it and you miss it, it's called sin. Now, what are we aiming at? We're aiming at obeying God. We're aiming at his word. But the problem is we all have had some things in our lives that was controlling us. And I'm going to go over that sin nature next week, if it's the Lord's will, that was controlling us that even though we wanted to do right, we didn't do right. So when we look at sin, the Bible says that we all have fallen short to the glory of God in Romans 3.23. So none of us could meet God's standards. We could not meet God's requirements. And that's why it's called sin. Because none of us could meet it. When we go back to Genesis and we look at how um, sin operate, first it's, it's a temptation that takes place first. The enemy begins to tempt you. And what the enemy began to tempt you with is something that he knows that you don't supposed to be doing. So when we go back to the Garden of Eden, God told Adam not to eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil. Eve was not there. She was not present when God spoke to Adam. But then the enemy was in the garden because he used the serpent. So what the enemy does, he has to tempt you first so you can go into sin. And see, the thing that we miss um, sometimes is if we haven't committed the act, we haven't really done it. But the enemy wants you to think upon that act so you can react. So when you look at that tree, what the enemy did, he had to deceive Eve. He had to tempt Eve with something that she knew that she could not touch. But the only way he could get her to touch it, not touch it, but to eat it or to do what she shouldn't have done with it was to tell her opposite of what God said. And what he was telling her, have God really said. So he was bringing doubt unto Eve. By him bringing doubt unto Eve, it was turning a truth into, into a lie because he was getting her to focus more on what God was telling her not to do instead of focusing on what God told her to do. So what she did, she got so tempted, she allowed sin to come in. And this is what we do. And this is what the enemy know. He said, if I can tempt you, see, there's sin that's unintentional unintentional mean that it's not your intentions to do it how many of us been in a situation and it's not our intentions to lie let's just be honest it's not our intentions to lie but when you get in front of that person and that person keep talking keep going on and on I use money for an example okay it's not our intentions to lie to say we don't have any money because we know we do but if that person keep coming to us and keep asking us over and over again, dealing with that same situation, then we're going to turn around and we're just going to blatantly lie, <laughs> right? You know, you can have people tempting you in an area. And if they keep tempting you in, in that area, guess what it's going to do? It's going to draw you. It's going to entice you. It's going to entrap you. And what they're doing is it's a desire. There's something there that the enemy is using to entrap you with. 
And this is why when Eve put her attention on that tree, because she was deceived, she was tempted, she began to eat from that tree. Now, Adam, on the other hand, was not deceived. He just knowingly did what he should not have done. So there is a difference. So that's like a transgression, right? Because he knowingly did it. Eve was deceived by it. Because what he did, he twisted what God said and made her feel like she didn't have what God said she already had. And that's what happens to us when it comes to sin. We begin to be, um, let me go here. Go with me to James 1. I mean, everything that we need is in the word of God. We have no excuse, y'all. We cannot say the devil made us do it. No, we did it because we wanted to do it. We need to tell the truth and shame the devil. Quit blaming everything on him. You did what you wanted to do. It said in James 1, 14, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desire and enticed. That desire is a lust. So whatever thing that you lusting after, that's what you're going to be entrapped with. So the enemy is going to tempt you with something that you're lusting after, with something that you desire, with something that you know that you should not have. And the Bible tells us at that point of temptation, you don't have to accept it. This is the point that we haven't gotten into sin yet because you can be tempted But that don't mean that you have to fall up under that temptation, right? Remember what Jesus did each time that the enemy came at him in uh, Matthew 4? He began to say, it is written. Jesus stood on what was written. Even though he was being tempted, he didn't fall for what the enemy was doing, what the enemy was saying. So the Bible's telling us, but each one is tempted when he's drawn away by by his own desire and enticed. Now, listen at this. Then when desire has conceived, when you become pregnant with it, when you have conceived it, when that lust, that thing that you've been desiring, that you've been lusting over, it gives birth to sin. That's when sin is birth. Sin is not actually birth, y'all, until you give in to it. Y'all get it? You can be tempted. This is why when we look at fornication, I bring these things out for a reason because we need to know what Jesus have done for us. When it comes to fornication, having sex outside of marriage, we know this is what we should not do, but we get tempted with it. A man to get tempted with a woman, a woman to get tempted with a man, and they go into the act because they're being enticed. They're being entrapped with that thing. So it said, when sin is conceived, when that desire is conceived, when you become pregnant with it, that's when sin is conceived, when you accept it. I was reminded, God always give me um, movies before I begin to teach. And he allowed me to see this movie where this man, um, he was into... Um, dealing with uh, sports and helping the athletes. He had a big business. And what he did, um, he felt him and his wife were not together all the time. She was doing her career. He was doing his. But he felt like his wife was cheating on him. He didn't have proof. 
So he had to go out of town. And when he went out of town, he was sitting up to a bar. This lady was sitting there as well. So she talking back and forth to him. He talking to her. All of a sudden, as they're talking, they're looking each other in the eyes. Everybody know what the eyes do, right? Looking each other in the eyes. She said, you want to dance? So you know when they dance and they're all over each other. Next thing you know, they're in the bed, okay? In the bed, waking up, he's telling the woman, where's my phone? So he's ready to leave her there and go to who? His wife. Now, he had an opportunity when temptation was there. He had an opportunity to flee it, right? But he didn't take that opportunity. What am I saying? In this room, we have opportunities to flee things that we know is not right. Now, with us, we have a helper, the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm going to talk about that sin nature. But before you um, got born again, when you had opportunities to leave things, you could still leave the same. How many know if, if um, you rammed in the back of somebody and some people do it and then leave the same? They flee, don't they? I ain't do it. Nobody going to know what I've done. But they know what they did. But they think they're going to get away with it. So he thought... Okay, everything is okay. But then the woman wanted to keep his phone. She, he said, where's my phone? She said, I locked it in the safe. He said, why you lock it in the safe? Because I know you are, I know men going to want to always get away. They want to flee. So this is to keep you in here so we can go one more time. They went one more time. She gave him the phone. So he went back home to his wife. How many know that when you do stuff like that, when you commit adultery, a man or a woman, they're more lovable than they ever been before in their life. They love you so much that you everything. He at home cooking, fixing her a nice meal, playing the music. She coming in the house and he's saying, you know, why don't we just settle down and why don't we have a baby to look like you and we have a boy like, you know, just talking all this foolishness, you know, talking differently. So, you know, they end up in the bedroom, okay? After that, somebody breaks in the house. When they break in the house, he go downstairs. He got beat up real bad, but the person got away. The guy was shooting in the house. Guess what? They called the cops over, so the, the cops said, I'm going to let you meet our lead detective, and it was the woman he slept with. So your sin will find you out. I'm going through all this for a reason, y'all. God know what he's doing. So the detective come in, and this man looked like he saw a ghost. He's sitting there loving up on his wife and everything. And then when he saw that detective, she looked at him, and she said, You look familiar. Seemed like I saw you somewhere. What did you say your name was? You say Darren? He said, No, I didn't. But that's what he told her when he slept with her. And he told her he was from a different state. So she said, I want to talk to your wife. Y'all know this man literally almost had a heart attack, right? I need to talk to your wife. So she went into their bedroom. She's going to ask her who sleeps on this side and who sleeps on that side. And then she's going to feel the covers. And she said, what that got to do with the case? She said, it's got a lot to do with the case. So when they come back, he thought, sure, that she had turned him into the sheriff. Next day, he went to see the detective, and she said, do you think I'm going to ruin my career to tell your wife what's going on, and it'll ruin my career? 
Long story short, he had to deal with this guilt and this detective. He come home, she's back in their house. So what she did one day, she said, I have solved the case. And you need to get in the car. Got in the car. She took him to a townhouse, some type of rental. She said, I want you to look through the binoculars and I want you to see something. He saw his wife with his best friend. Y'all, it gets deep. I want y'all to follow along where I'm going. (laughs) He saw the wife with the best friend. Now, the best friend knew he messed around when he went out of town and knew it was hurting him because he messed around on his wife. So he was so upset, he got drunk. She said, but it's more. He said, I don't want to hear no more. Now, I want to ask y'all a question. Why is it okay for a man to dog the wife But the wife can't dog the man. Why is he so upset? Because the wife is with another man and he already been with another woman. Is this toe up from the flow up? So he got drunk and finally he told her, I want to meet so you can tell me whatever else is going on. He went to the detective house. She told him, your best friend and your wife is trying to kill you. They're trying to take the company and... She said, um, why you think when he was shooting, she didn't call 911? She heard the gunshots. So next thing you know, guess what? He gonna sleep with this woman again. The detective. Come on. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm gonna see if y'all follow through where I'm going. He, he sleeps with her again. But he told her he's so mad he could kill both of them. He leaves. He go home. He's in his bed sleep. So the next morning, the cops come to his house and say, you need to come with us. They took him to the police station. The detective come in with the file and said, where were you last night? He said, I was home. I went home. You sure you went home? I want to show you something. She showed him pictures of a dead wife and a dead friend. He said, I did not kill them. She said, well, why is your wedding ring at the scene? So he told her, I did go there. When I went there, he said, I took my ring off and I threw it on the floor. He said, I just wanted to see if it was really true. He caught him in the bed. He left. So his mom came to stay with him, came to the funeral of the wife. And the mom said, I know you didn't do this, but I want you to stand strong. He had a cousin that went to prison for him when he in his younger days when he was playing ball for something he didn't do, the cousin took the rap and spent several years in prison. So the cousin told him, they found out, the cop told him, the detective, he said, you killed them. He, she said, yes, I did, but you can't prove it. Y'all got to see what's going on. All this is sin. Somebody say, your sin will find you out. Don't think you can hide, y'all. So the next thing that happened, so he's trying to figure out, how can I handle this? Now, the detective, before all this happened, she lost her daughter. And how she lost her daughter, she was a drunk. So for three years, she wasn't drinking anything. But what happened, the daughter come in the room, she left the gun on the bed, the daughter shot herself, so the daddy told her, you will never see your daughter again. And he was, um, had 
A lot of people he knew. He was way up there, so everybody knew him. He even went to the judge. So, nope, she wasn't getting her daughter back. So this woman was mad at him. So when the guy found out that she killed them, his cousin went over there. He, he said, I'm going to take care of it. He said, no, don't take care of it. Just leave it alone. He said, I know cops better than you. He went over there. They, they caught her in the house, and they said, why are you framing my cousin? She was on her knees with the gun to her head. And the guy said, you're going to talk before I kill you. She started throwing up. She said, I need to go to the bathroom. I can't talk. I got, I got to go to the bathroom. The other guy that was with him went to the bathroom with her. She knocked him out, reached in the ceiling, got a, we might know what this is. It's a gun that, that's, it's like a rifle, but it shoot. I don't know what you call it. Oh, whatever it was, she blew him up. She come out and start shooting at the other guy. She killed him. So when she killed him, the guy came over because she called him over there. And she told him what she had done, had killed him. Then she told him, this is what you're going to do because you already going to prison for, for your wife and for your friend. And then I'm going to hook this up, but you're going to get charged with this too. So she said, what you're going to do, you're going to go kill my ex-husband. And when you kill him, we will call it the slate clean. I'll wipe everything away for you. So what he did, he went where the ex-husband was. He was jogging one day. He went and found him, and he was confessing to him to tell him, your ex-wife sent me to kill you. But this man had high up. He was very high up. He's going to jump him. He said, man, listen to me. She sent me to kill you. I'm trying to tell you. You ain't going to jump me. You ain't going to do this. The gun went off, and he died anyway. So we went back to the apartment, told her what had happened. It was an accident. She told him, okay, the slate is clean. He looked her in her eyes, and he said, no, you were going to kill me anyway and blame all of this on me. She said, you're right. So... As he was getting ready to walk out, he turned around and shot her several times. Moved the gun, walking out, turn around, wasn't there. Y'all, I'm still talking about sin. <laughs> so she got a knife and was steady stabbing him. He shot her, he killed her. But before she died, he took his phone out. And everything she said was on the phone. So... It cleared him. Why did I go over all that? Because I'm talking about sin and how deadly sin is. Why am I saying this over and over again about sin? Because when you're in a sin, sin represents death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Listen at the scripture again. It says, but each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desire and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, when you accept what you've been lusting after, what you've been going after, guess what happens? You become pregnant with it. It's conceived. It gives birth to what? Sin. And look what sin does. 
and sin, when it is full grown, bring forth death. Whatever you're in, if you're in a relationship and you're born again and you're doing things opposite to who you are in Christ, that's death. I want y'all to hear what I'm saying. I'm going through all of this because people don't take these things seriously. Sin brings forth death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. When you know what's right and you choose not to do what's right, it is sin. When you reward evil for good, you bring evil into your house. When you know fornication is a sin and you allow fornication in your house and you're saved and you're born again, you inviting death in your house. You're saying, death, come live in my house. Come on, I'm going to break it down tonight. Whatever you invite into your house is what you're living with. And this is why you have to clean your house. We as Christians have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he convicts us of righteousness. When we get out of line, he lets us know, shut the door. So look at what came forth through Adam and Eve, through disobedience. Sin, it was full grown. It brought forth death. But God already had a plan of redemption. But they still had to go through what they let in their house. Then it went down to Cain and Abel, their children. And look what happened with Cain and Abel. See, when you open the door for sin, now let me tell you, God was there with Cain. Cain offering was not accepted by God. It was rejected. Being that it was rejected, he felt rejected. Jealousy came. And then when God began to talk to him, he said, Cain, don't you know? Let me read it. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. So what was he saying? He was saying, don't open the door. You don't have to open the door to murder. You already are angry. You already feel rejected, not accepted. But don't you open the door to sin. Sin is crouching at the door. It's waiting for an opportunity. What did he do? He let it in. When he let it in, he ended up murdering his brother. That's sin, y'all. But it goes a little further than that. Sin is wrapped up when it comes to transgressions. We're going to transgressions now. Now, sin we know is missing the mark. It can be unintentional sin, meaning that you didn't know what you were doing, but you let it in. Y'all know what I'm saying. I'll give you an example. You know, when you see your neighbor, they have a car that, that you like. You ain't never thought about that car before, right? But all of a sudden... Now you want that car. And you go, maybe you go tell Athea and say, Athea, you know, my neighbor got this car. Girl, that is a nice car. That's what I need, Athea. And then Athea said, well, girl, you know, if you need it, you work hard. You know, you always giving. Go and get the car. 
Sound good, don't it, Athea? You always giving, you always helping everybody else. Go and get the car. Girl, you can afford it. Go ahead and get it. But is that what God wanted her to have? That leads to sin. Because that's a desire and that's a lust that that person wanted to have, but they didn't need it. How many of us in this room have gotten things because somebody else had it and no, we didn't need it? How many of us use somebody else to get something that we couldn't get, but you use somebody to get it so you could get it? Come on, it's still sin. Sometimes we find a way to get something that really don't belong to us, and we open the door. That's temptation. But then when we look at transgressions, this is to choose to intentionally disobey. Transgressor or transgressions is you may have bound boundaries. You know, you have like a stop sign. If that stop sign is out there, that stop sign is saying, what will? Is, you sure? It says stop, right? If everybody can read, it says stop. And even if you can't read, you know the color of that stop sign. Amen? So those are boundaries that you cannot cross. Because when you cross those boundaries, you are a transgressor. You are disobeying the law. You knowingly knew that you don't supposed to run that stop sign. How many of us in here do not come to a complete stop? I believe all of us. All of us that drive don't come to, we'll touch the brake. And then if something happened, I stopped. And you know you didn't. Or I was looking. No, you weren't. So this is stuff knowingly. (laughs) When we knowingly run a stop sign, tell a lie, or blatantly disregard an authority, somebody that's in authority, we are transgressing. If you know who's in authority... And you know what they told you not to do and told you to do. And you don't do it. You're a transgressor. Because you know what to do, but you choose to do it your way. Right? You willfully doing something that you know not to do. Y'all, this is deep. Y'all better be thanking God for Jesus. Because all of us in this room have said something to somebody we knew we shouldn't have said. We did something to somebody that we knew we should not have done. Come on. That's a transgressor. And number six, one through five, we went over this. This is one of the laws that Moses was going over with them, telling them about a Nazarite. And a Nazarite was somebody that was set apart, separated for God's use. And they couldn't cut their hair. They couldn't drink wine. So all of these things would let people know that this was a Nazarite, that they were set apart for for God's use. So when we get to Samson, we know what happened to Samson. When you look at Judges 14, well, before, okay, Judges 16, 17, he was lusting after women. He had to have them women. And he kept messing with Delilah. He kept going to Delilah, Delilah, playing with her mind. But one day he sat down and he told her his heart. He told her he was a Nazarite. Being that he was a Nazarite, 
you know, they couldn't cut their hair. And if he cut his hair, he was going to lose all of his strength. So guess what? He told her his heart, and y'all know what happened to Samson, right? But then he did something else. Knowingly, in Leviticus chapter 11, it tells you that you cannot touch a dead animal. Anything unclean, you cannot touch it. He saw a dead, what was it, uh, a lion, took out the honey. Not only did he make his own self messed up, but he gave it to his parents, but they unknowingly did not know where he got it from. So guess what? They didn't sin because they didn't know. They didn't do it willfully. The son came and bought them some honey, and they said, mm, this is good. All of them was defiled. He knew what was right, but he chose not to do what was right. How many in this room again know what to do is right, but we choose not to do what's right? I believe all of us do. But that's what a transgressor is. When you know what's right, but you choose to do what's not right. Now, iniquity. To commit iniquity is to continue without repentance. Does that remind you of the guy I went over? He continued. And what he was doing, it was repeating pattern. He kept doing what he was doing, even though he knew it was wrong. But he kept doing it. And when, when sin had been conceived, what did it bring forth? Brought forth death. So when we look at iniquity, um, I gave y'all Malachi 2, but it's Micah. Micah 2.1 from last um, t- um, Tuesday. It said, woe to those who devise iniquity and work out evil upon their beds. So when you devise something, what are you doing? You're planning it. When the morning is light, they perform and practice it because it's in their, their power. So when you are planning something, devising something, you know it's wrong, but you keep going forward with what you want to do. That's iniquity. That goes back to David in 2 Samuel 11, verse 3 and 4. David knew. He inquired about that woman. David knew that woman was married. He knew who she was married to. But being that David got him a look, y'all, Bathsheba was bathing. He stayed there. This is, this is where you mess up at. I'm going to help somebody tonight. Chocolate. <laughs> this is where you mess up at. When you look, you can take just a blink look. You got the whole image. You do not need a magazine. You don't. You get one look, you can describe it. If you don't get that out of your head, it can end up being an act. You can end up going into the act with what you just seen and don't have to be there physically. So that means you already committed adultery. So what David did, David already devised it. David already saw all this before the girl even came to his house. So when they went and got Bathsheba, he laid with her. When he laid with her, she became pregnant. So guess what? He had to cover that up. See, it keep repeating itself because it was already in him. 
He already had the plan. He already knew what he was going to do before he'd done it. The moment he said, go get her, he already knew he was going to lay with her. So this is what he did. Y'all know what he did to Uriah. He, Uriah was drunk. He was trying to send him home to say he impregnated his wife so David would be an innocent king. Uriah wouldn't do it because he was so faithful to David. And David ended up putting him on the front line and having him killed. Look how it was repeated. And David did not repent until God sent a prophet to give him a parable. And he said, you're the man. That's when David repented. But we have some that don't see what they're doing is wrong. They're thinking it's okay to live the way they're living. This is how God created me. This is the way I should be. Or these things are acceptable. These days and times, fornication is acceptable to people. We, we're married. What do they call it now? Um, help me somebody. Anybody know what they call it now? Common law. What else is it? Shagging up. What else is it? That's my husband. We don't need no paper. You're right, it is. The first man you sleep with is your husband, by the way. Women, the first man you lay with is your husband. And then when you go get another man, he's laying with your first husband. Then when you go get another man, you got him backed up. And everything that they go through, you go through. Everything that you, they deal with, you deal with. That's what's called soul ties. And you keep repeating it and repeating it and repeating it. And it's an iniquity because you can't satisfy yourself with the first one. So you got to get several and you still ain't found the right one. So you keep going through them. So that's repeating it. That's iniquity. So this is why, why am I going through all of this? I'm going through all of this to let you know how things start, how things began. And when we go through things like this and see what's behind it and what's linked up to it, we can be so grateful to know what Jesus done for us. So anytime you know to do right and you choose to do wrong, it's sin. And sin is wrapped up in sin, transgression, and iniquity. So what we have to do as born-again saints, we have to make sure. I don't want to go ahead of myself because all of it is going to tie in together. So y'all know what David did. It was repeated. He didn't um, repent when he first done it, but when the prophet came, he repented. And some people today think that they're doing God a service. They're saying that they love Jesus, but they're still doing things that's outside of what the word says. When you know to do right and you don't do right, it is sin. There's no way you can have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and you keep doing stuff opposite to what the word of God says. It's no way. Is it? No, it's not. And you can't say... My husband made me do it. My wife made me do it. No, you chose to do it. So sin, transgression, and iniquity. Let's wrap it up with what David said in Psalms 32, verse 5. He said, I acknowledge my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not hidden. 
I said I would confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. So David is telling us about sin, transgressions, and iniquity. All of them are there. And Jesus had to deal with all of them. If we go back to the beginning of the Bible, when we look in the beginning where people were sinning and it was normal, that's why the law had to come. Because everything that they did, they didn't look at it as sin. They looked at it as being normal. What do you see the world doing today? They're looking at things as being normal and it's repeated over and over again. You even got Christians standing up there with the world and trying to take scriptures to back up what the world is doing. Do y'all see what I see when I look on YouTube? They're trying to back up that sin is okay and thinking that we're too holy. There's supposed to be a separation. Why is the Christians in between the world with rewards? Shouldn't there be a separation? Shouldn't the Christian have their times for their rewards? And why you got the world and the Christians together? Then you got some of them um, singing Christian songs. Then you have somebody else coming up here singing worldly songs. Uh-uh. There have to be a separation. And some Christians don't want to separate from the world because they think they're getting more from the world than they're getting from God. Sin is sin. There's no other way to say it. Sin is sin. And that's why all of them had to be broke down to let you know what Jesus done on our behalf. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, that's why we were healed. It's nothing we could do. And this is why he said, I'm going to forgive you for past, present, and future sins. Because I know you're going to keep sinning. He said, but because of the blood, it has washed away your sins. I don't remember them no more. So why do I confess my sins? Because it's an inroad to the devil in my life. So that's why I acknowledge what I've done by renewing my mind and not going back to it. When you renew your mind according to the word of God and you connect into him, you ain't going to want to do that stuff that you used to do no more. You ain't going to want to hang out with the same folks that you used to hang out with anymore. Why? Because you know who you are now that you're in Christ. Y'all, we're going to get into this because it's backwards. People are calling evil good and good evil, bitter, sweet and sweet, bitter. And Christians are going along with it and saying it's okay. That's my husband. When did he become your husband? Well, when we got in the bed together. That's true. That's part truth. But that's not the way God does it. So we want to go by what God do and what God say. We cannot let sin in, y'all. Not even in the church. We cannot let sin in, not even in the church. We are the church. A divided house cannot stand. This is why I teach like I teach. So people know truth. You can't just live any kind of way and say you love him. He said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. And all of my commands are not grievous. So when we love the Lord... We obey him and the Holy Spirit helps us to obey. 
So I pray everybody got out of this teaching sin, transgressions, and iniquities. And I think through that movie I showed y'all, talked about every bit of it was in there. And sin leads to death, y'all. Get it out your house. Because you're living with death when you're allowing things in your house that's not of God. You're allowing the enemy in your house. You're giving him authority. God has given you the authority. He has given you the right. So you don't even want strife in your home because where strife is, there is every evil work. When strife is at the door, you need to keep the door shut. And that means keep your mouth shut. Because that's where strife come from. And if we keep our mouth shut, we letting strife know you're not coming up in here tonight because you want to bring your friends. You want to bring every evil work, but not in my house tonight. So that's what we have to do. When we know these things, we need to quit doing these things. Sometimes you just have to walk away. Look at your neighbors and walk away. Walk away. Say, zip your lip. There's a scripture. Thank you, Lord. I have to repeat this scripture, y'all. Y'all know I'm getting happy up here. I have to repeat this scripture. Some of y'all may be familiar with it like I am because I have to remind myself on a daily basis. I don't know about you, but me. Set a guard, O Lord, over this mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips because you know I'm getting ready to open them. Help me, Lord, your word said. So I need some help. And don't tell me you can't do it because you do have a helper. The Holy Spirit will calm you down if you want to be calm. The Holy Spirit will help you if you want to be helped. Some of us are caught up in lies right now. Done told one, but guess what? It's kicking you in the butt right now. Because that lie is sin. And your sin will find you out. Can somebody say true that? Whatever you're trying to hide, it comes back up. And sooner than later, you're going to have to tell it. Said I wasn't going to tell nobody, but I. Somebody help me. Y'all ain't singing right. Come on, evangelist. Oh, I. Y'all act like y'all don't even know that song. Y'all know that song. So I thank God that we learned something about sin, transgression, and iniquity. Amen, amen, amen. To God be the glory. And guess what? It's trying to run rapid in the church. In the church. Trying to run rapid in the church. That's why we got to shut it down. We have, that's why you go to people. When you have an art with someone, you go to that person. When that person is out of character, out of who they are in Christ, you have to step up to that person in love and you have to let them know you may not be aware of this, but I need to reveal this unto you. And if they don't accept what you've done, the blood is off of your hands because you're telling them the truth and the truth and knowing the truth is what's going to make them free. But if they think they okay, and you're not telling them the truth, then they're going to cause havoc in somebody else's life. But I want somebody to say, not in here. Because we're going to let people know what? 
See, somebody done told a lie already. Because you didn't do it. You're looking right at them and still ain't saying nothing. Now, we just need to repent. To God be the glory. Do we have any announcements on tonight? Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.